Hi, welcome to the Crafted Quill Podcast. We're your hosts, Stephen St. Clair and Sadie K. Frazier. And we're coming to you live from the Inked Fairy Lounge. It's time to settle into a big comfy chair, grab a cup of your favorite beverage, and open your minds as we bring you a creative concoction of thought-provoking conversation and topics to stimulate your mind. In the first segment, we bring to you The Grind, where we discuss books, authors that wrote them, and everything in between. In the second segment, we bring to you The Melange, a brilliant mix of exploring creativity in every form and pondering unadulterated topics to dissect, discover, and dream of one day becoming. In the final segment, we bring to you The Poor, where we share liquid knowledge for the mind and offer helpful hints that lead to success and inspire you to find your own creative paths. Our hope, as we bring it all full circle, is to create hope within, to set your minds, hearts, and brilliantly creative souls on fire. guys welcome to podcast five survival of the fittest or is it more like a dystopian world not fit for human survival and welcome back we know it's been a while but the whole covid thing has been really insanely crazy and really threw us for a loop how about all of you how is everybody holding up uh did you find yourself getting back to normal or a new normal as i keep saying or are you kind of wandering around aimlessly, still holding your breath and waiting for the other shoe to drop like we are? In all reality, we are doing all right, but we find it a little odd trying to get back into the swing of things. So, let's see what we've been doing for the past few months. Steven, you got to work from home, didn't you? I did get to work from home. How was that for you? Weird. <laughs> all of it was weird? We- <laughs> I spent seven years wanting to work from home, and then this COVID bull honky happened, and then they're like, nope, closing up shop, everybody's working from home. How did you fare working from home, or did you? Hmm, I worked from home. I've actually been laid off since March 20th, and I actually have to go back to work on Monday. (laughs) I'm not quite ready for that. So you're going to have a new normal coming up too then? Yeah, not exactly looking forward to it. So I guess first I waited and waited and waited. So you would work from home. He'd get on and do all his meetings and work in his butt off. And I would just sit and stare at the computer, waiting for unemployment to be approved. Then weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks later, I finally got my first unemployment check like the rest of the country. I really feel for the people who were not approved for it or had nowhere to turn financially. Also, everybody that was on the front lines, I don't think we can ever express how appreciative we are of them. Who, you know, the people, nurses, doctors, even the grocery store workers that risked everything to ensure we had all we needed and their families, our families were safe. 
I I would hope that you enjoyed your time off as well. I very uh, much enjoyed my time off. I would say I did enjoy it, but it was a weird enjoy because it's like we got into a routine of like get up, get breakfast, eat breakfast, do video meeting, go to our office, do my thing. It just got into a routine and now it's like, okay, back to work. Now it's a new routine. Yeah. And then you Even in the evenings, we didn't really even know what to do because you had yeah. gotten off work at like four o'clock and then it was like, okay, well, we've been home all day. Now what do we do? Well, not only that, think of from a wildlife standpoint, they say there've been more wildlife spotted out and about because people aren't supposed to be out. And now, you know, there's been sightings of like deer everywhere, bear and all kinds of people. And not only that, but cities with high pollution... Almost gone. Yep. And now we're going to go back to normalcy, and like cities like L.A. and whatnot are going to get all polluted again. And yep. Maybe they'll think twice about that, though. Very true. I just my biggest shock right now is I just can't believe that it's over with already, and it went by so fast. Looking back, like you said, it just the days drug on and on and on. It seems like the beginning of March. I remember thinking ahead to my boss saying that we might not reopen until July, and I just can't believe that this is like the third week in June and that we're getting ready to open again. So um, we kind of settled into a role of accepting this is what our life is going to be like. And I was kind of getting used to that. I was personally kind of okay with that. But no, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Not only that, but both of us had birthdays during the break. Yeah. So it's like a little odd. Hey, what do you want to do? Um, Frozen pizza. And a lot of people all, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that celebrated birthdays. We saw a couple that had anniversaries where, didn't they rent? Oh, I think he drove his pickup truck down to the old market, one of the areas, and the restaurant actually bought a table and candles and food and everything out to them in the bed of their pickup truck so they could still celebrate their anniversary. So that was pretty cool. But anyway, so... Now, even as our cases and our deaths continue to rise in our state, they kind of deemed it safe to us for us to begin to open, which sometimes feels a little crazy. So we're all ready to get back to normal, but it doesn't feel like it's very safe. So then we had the threat of murder hornets. What was up with all of that? That was just another... Yeah, to complicate things worse, let's throw in killer bugs. scare tactic, yeah. And that really disappeared from news in a quick hurry so and then just as we were about to open everything back up and get back to work they shut things down again and we we're we're putting our curfew and rioting and protesting related to racism and it's just like someone was pulling a lot of puppet strings just to make things bad for a mm-hmm. while haven't we seen enough death destruction violence hatred garbage to last a lifetime already this year So I'm thinking maybe we should set our sights now on making a positive change for the second half of this god-awful 2020. I still believe in the saying, be the change you wish to see in the world. What do you say we start living that change now? I agree. Let's make it happen. Like the 80s song, We Are the World. That's right. I say we bring that back and update it just a little bit. Uh, Anyways, that was the first little bit here. Uh, We're going to take a short break, play some tunes. We'll be right back. Hold on to your buckets. Hey, 
and welcome back everybody this is the grind segment we're going to call it the quarantine the good the bad the ugly <laughs> i guess we're going to talk about the pros first let's <laughs> let's go over a few of the pros i'll tell you mine first so my favorite part of quarantine has been the extra time that we've had together this is probably what i'll miss the most is the extra time it seemed like time slowed down. We didn't really have any place to go, people to see, things to do. You couldn't do any of it. No. So we we kind of leaned on each other to get through it. And I kind of already missed not having, you know, somewhere to, that we had to be at a certain time. We didn't really have a schedule we had to follow other than your work schedule. But I just kind of enjoyed being at home and rediscovering each other. Uh, I agree I, on all of that, actually. Um uh, so, as far as the pros, it gave gave us all a, kind of a chance to, um, well, feed our creative sides. Um, my wife and I kind of had a bucket list of things we wanted to do. Uh, we painted pictures. We did acrylic paints on canvas. Uh, we built a couple birdhouses. Uh, someone went over the top and made like a whole condo. Mm -hmm. uh, we reorganized our house. We decluttered. And kept what was important to us. Uh, although, when Goodwill opens up, we just kind of restocked what we got rid of. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I went through my clothes and things like that and took about three or four bags to Goodwill. And then we went back to Goodwill after they opened and probably brought maybe two bags worth of stuff back home. So, yeah. that didn't really help. But well, That's pro and a con. True. Um, also, with the stimulus... You know, the whole thing about the stimulus was to you know, put some money into your wallet. So we went back and, I mean, we, we didn't blow it per se, but there were things we needed. I mean, First really, we got caught up on all the bills we were oh behind Oh, yeah, we on paid ahead. Then, yeah. But I, I asked my wife, I said, baby, please, 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 please. We've had the same bed for like 19 years. It was old when we got it. Can we please get a new bed? So we bought a new bed. That in and of itself was a major adjustment. Not only did we buy a new bed, we went from a king to a queen, but we also switched bedrooms to the opposite end of the house. Yeah, we rearranged in with our other, um, I don't want to say job because it's not a job because we like it. Uh, we're both authors. Um, we each have desks. We have computers. And I said, you know what? We got a little bit of money too. Why not? Let's just pump up the volume a little bit and... So my, my wife got a bigger monitor. Uh, I got a bigger monitor. Um, we also got an office TV. We just we got stuff that did we really need? No. But you know what? It sure makes life better when, you know, one of us is, you know, a little bit older than me. and neither, But neither one of our eyes work <laughs> the same. Are you saying I can't see anymore? Yeah foxy That's mama pretty much true i can't see you're a blind foxy mama. That's right <laughs> anyways so we got we got some stuff but man did we rearrange everything and so but why don't we i guess some of what we said was also a con but tell us some cons there sadie not quite yet not quite yet no oh one oh. of the other pros is that we had time to cook not that we don't have time to cook both of us love to cook so we cook probably more than normal people do um i would say <laughs> being in quarantine i don't know what happened because for a while there it was like i okay i have time to cook and at first i cooked everything under the sun and i baked and all that kind of stuff then we kind of got to the point where you would get off work and i was like okay what's for dinner 
I already had made breakfast. I'd already made lunch. And I made, like, full meals, so then I just wanted to eat out. So yeah, I got treated pretty nicely. One, I mean, that's a pro that we had plenty to eat, but the con to that part would be that we're now 10 pounds heavier, at least, and chonky. Okay. <laughs> I went to go through my clothes, and I was like, um, oopsie. Oopsie. <laughs> These don't exactly fit. So, all right. So some other cons for me were the financial worries and the income and job uncertainty in the beginning. I think there was a point in time once the stimulus came through and I knew that I was getting a weekly unemployment check, I kind of settled into a sense of not having to worry about it. I really, <laughs> I'm kind of at the point where I could have cared less if I went back to my actual job or not. And at this point, I think I would have rather stayed home and retired. So um, another con would be just not being able to go anywhere without worrying about contracting the virus, even to the store. We just made sure we didn't make any tr extra trips or shopping. Um, I've always kind of had some ease in ordering online and things like that. We have our groceries delivered anyway, so that didn't really change. Um, Amazon Prime kind of became our best friend. Anything we could order from Amazon Prime and have delivered, we did. It was like Christmas every day for yeah. two weeks. It was just easier than going to the store, especially when you can have it delivered the next day. So... Um, I would say also worrying about our family members who traveled out of state and then they had to quarantine when they got home. Just worrying about everybody's health in general and if we were going to get the virus, if we weren't going to get the virus, who you were exposed to, things like that. So, Not only that, to make things more complicated, um, I, I'm sure there's quite a bit of people that you know lived for the media, like who's telling the truth, who's not telling the truth, and I don't know about you, but... Uh, Sadie and I every day pretty much was at lunch or dinner when uh, Trump was on, mm -hmm. and it just became kind of a joke. It's like, oh, Trump's reading from a script. Oh, Trump's going off script. Because you could tell the times when he sounded a little bit more intelligent than not, and it's like facepalm every time. Uh, so some of the you know the truths and untruths, mask, no mask, vaccine, no vaccine, who... WHO to believe. Conspiracy theories abound. Uh, I know lots of people. One I'm related to through marriage, uh, conspiracy theory, and then one I work with. You know what? I don't blame those people either because who, who do you believe? You, know, you get the media outlets like Fox and CNN and you know all, all those news outlets, if you want to call them that, plus that doesn't even count uh, social media. So who's telling the truth? It's really hard to know what to believe. So not only that, you know, you go you go a different direction, and getting back to working from home, uh, I work from home because, you know, the whole quarantine thing kicked in, and schools, some depending on where you lived, were you know called off, or uh, a curriculum was quickly put into place for online learning. And that's kind of what was shifted in my school district that I work for. And I became, because I'm in IT, the online support for a lot of that. So, you know, not only that, but then graduations became a thing. And it's like, do we have it? Do we not have it? Or in Kenzie's case, our baby, our last one, worked her butt off this year and could have graduated a year early. She has one in-person face-to-face class she had to take so 
that came to a screeching halt and she no longer got to graduate this year. So she's actually got to go back the beginning of next year then and kind of finish up what she what she started and yeah, like then one, she can graduate. One class for three credit yeah. hours. But some of those memories too, they just, they can't get those back. Those seniors can't take those memories back. I know our in our town they finally had... Did they just do virtual, I believe? They had their graduations today, finally, way later than planned. Yeah, so. and then it was opened up for people, but I, th- I think they're still limiting yeah. how many people could attend, which is yeah. a smart way to do it, but still. Considering all the other ugly things going on in the world at the moment, though, and the uncertainty of the future of America as we know it, I guess we probably shouldn't complain, should we? No, no, there's so many more th- worse things than having to stay home and be safe and get caught up on shows and all that other stuff. True. So, if you join us for the next segment, we'll talk about all that crap. (laughs) Stand by, go get some snacks, we'll be right back. Hold on to your buckets. Welcome back. This is the melange section. We've titled Dystopia. Welcome to reality. We're going to discuss some commonalities between this lockdown and crap hitting the fan and the movies that have come before and turned our mindsets to a dystopian feel. A dystopia is a community or society that is undesirable or frightening. Problem with that is there are so many of those already in place that yeah, I'm they are sure frightening. Our- Pretty sure our society and world would fit into this very category right now. Some of the things going on behind the scenes are downright terrifying. Watching how American citizens and people of my own race are behaving is truly downright undesirable. I'm sometimes embarrassed to claim myself as being a part of this human race right now. So, um, I read that a dystopian society appeared in many artistic works throughout history, most notably in stories set in a future time period. After watching the movie Red Dawn and things like that when I was a teen, I was afraid and terrified of futures like that. But I realized lately, here we are. A lot of this is happening right now and we're becoming the future we were scared of in the first place. I, I also read a quote about dystopia that is pervasive, it could be persuasive too, I suppose, enduring a widespread acknowledgement that man's most steadfast potential is the ability to completely screw everything up. I think that probably is from the first time man uttered a word. Exactly. Kind of like, much like babies utter a first word. Yeah. Um, That is exactly what we are feeding into right now with all the writing nonsense going on. But you know what, honestly though, when you think about, I'm going to go off topic, of course, this has been boiling since white man ste- stepped foot on North American soil. Yep. 
I'm sure the natives were here, and they were kind of standing back, and they're like, um, hey, those people don't belong here. And we don't automatically just deserve the privilege that we've been given either without having to work for it, so. Sorry if that steps on a few toes, but. In, in essence, though, men and womankind, childkind, everybody, we're going to come to a realization that we already know stuff like that exists, has existed, and to a degree is going to exist. We have to come to the point in our society's life where acceptance is going to be the only only possible solution. You can't change things. You can't undo things. You can't rewrite history and just wipe it all out. You can try and forget it. We have to accept the things that are here and the now and get over it. And I'm, I'm not trying to be insensitive by saying get over it, but you know what? Writing's not going to help. Killing people's not going to help. You know, removing statues because they stand for certain things, yeah, that might help, but they're still, you know, unless you melt them down and get rid of them, it, it all boils down to historical moments in time that you can trace back to the very beginning whole world is full of stupid things but let's try and turn those stupid things around and like i said before we're one tiny blue planet in the entire never-ending universe we're being watched people and do you think honestly and we're failing and no nobody outside of our planet i don't care whether you believe it or not they're not going to come down and help us they're not they're going to say Nope, skip the blue planet over there. Let's go to the next one. We need to straighten this up and figure things out. We need to figure it out ourselves. Behave like human beings. I honestly thought if we'd ever end up living in some type of dystopian future with no way out, that we'd be living out the Walking Dead situation and we'd be trapped in a zombie apocalypse forever. But this, in my opinion, this is so much worse than what we could... We're bringing this all on ourselves, so... Yeah, I do think there is a man behind the curtain, or woman, or whomever, groups of people pulling the strings, and, you know, all you conspiracy theorists out there can can say what you want to say, but we all know what's going on. Some of us don't want to, but... Yep. Uh, dystopian literature types. Let's, let's change that a little bit. Uh, environmental destruction. Uh, that's been a real thing forever, um, but it you know appears in young adult fiction. How about nuclear disaster? That's actually a real thing and has been. Um, threats from North Korea be, actually have been around since before the virus. Uh, government control, <laughs> Republicans versus Democrats, and trying to oust Trump. How many times has that failed? And is going to continue to, and control us by locking us down. A lot of the conspiracy theorists feel that that was part of the plan all along, is just to take control of everyone and keep us as their little puppets. So I would personally rather be safe in the meantime, no matter what's going on. I know there's a lot of opinions out there, but... And religious control? Uh, how about keeping everybody at home so they can't truly express their religious freedom? I think we're going to outthink them, though. We have this thing called... Um, the interwebs or yep. you know Facebook and you know unless they take that all away 
people will be preaching from their yards or hot air balloons or we have a church up the street that's doing drive-through church services so that's one of the things i've seen that hasn't really stopped people they've still gathered to worship and to basically keep each other going and then not only that but there's technological technological control excuse me that's a big word there um i won't go into that because that's been conspiracy from big brother is watching uh, alan parsons project uh, how about survival? Survival can come in many forms, whether it's just financial survival. Um, kind of depends on where you're at in life. You could be a homeless person on the street. That you know, that's a whole survival thing. Not only that, but through all of what I just read, there's loss of individualism. I could have said that better. Sorry. Yeah, and uh, haven't we all had a little of all of that going on the past few months? It really is hard to keep track of yourself through all of this. Stay positive and all that stuff. So, you know. Yep. We try, but sometimes it does get the best of us. So, um, a couple different things that I wanted to mention, too, before you go into some of the other dystopian books and movies. Um, we found it interesting. I came across a couple of clips. One of them was from a Dead Zone trailer in, was it 2003? Yep. David Ogden Steers is in it. But they talk about this airborne virus originating from an international flight from China with high fevers, respiratory distress, everybody's dying, no cure. High doses of chloroquine were given as the ultimate cure. I find it very odd that President Trump recommended the same cure and another doctor I work with. Um, I've heard it mentioned several times, yet the CDC immediately banned it from being used. So, kind of makes you wonder why if that really is the cure and let, let me add real quick why too when we were that. watching the show the resident and you remember that yep was that february i think so it was before we were off work and that was that like the start of the second half of the season i think so where they there was yeah. a um disclaimer at the beginning before the show even started that this show had been written and filmed months ago and Blah, Priority blah, blah. COVID. Yep. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, right in the middle of the show, the doctor pulled who I would consider the bad guy aside. And someone, they said, and forgive me, they brought up exact words COVID. It wasn't or, just coronavirus. Or, or, it was COVID yeah, that was they COVID. mentioned. So, yeah. and this is not all conspiracy theory at all. I'm stating, we're both stating near or exact truths. I'll use that loosely of things that have been out for years that are talking about exactly what we're all going through right now. Yeah. Um, another one of the shows, too, that talked about some of, this, some of the things that we're facing now is the show MASH. Everybody remembers the show MASH way back in the day. Um, there's several episodes that they threw together, a little, crip, a little clip called Coronavirus, but they refer to an airborne virus so in the first one, Radar O'Reilly has to stay away from the Sergeant Major General because he's sick with a virus and contagious. There's another one that talks about social distancing. Um, there's another one that screams, don't touch your face or it'll spread. And then even the, the end of that segment is the funnier part of it. They talk about having a toilet paper shortage during an unusually severe outbreak of a virus moving through their camp. Which, again, they started off talking about an airborne virus, so I'd like to know why we have a toilet paper shortage, people. It makes no sense. But anyway, Radar ends the clip by saying that they're even breaking into the fortune cookies to use the tiny shreds of paper inside when necessary. So I just kind of found that interesting. Yeah, I don't 
know how magazine paper feels on the bum, but <laughs> you're going to see me wadding and wadding and wadding until it's nice and soft. you gotta, got to use what you got to use. That's right. So you go from the two televised examples we talked about, actually three, to uh, books and maybe books that were movies or became movies. Uh, one of my favorite survivalists, uh, Craig Stewart, has a book out called Ragosa. That is definitely a dystopian uh, view on life revolving around a particular person named Omaha. Um, I hope I got that right. Sorry, Creek, if I did not. Um, there are a few other ones. Uh, Red Dawn, Sadie mentioned earlier. Yep. Uh, I actually am a, uh, I hate to say the word fan, but if you're going to pick which Red Dawn, I would go with the first one. Absolutely. That's um, the, the second one, they just kind of, well, the first Red Dawn came out about the same time um, Sadie and I were in a particular church organization that, like, Revelations was going to come right around the corner and we're all going to die. But that didn't happen, and here we are doing a podcast. Yeah. Uh, a few other mentionables, uh, books and or, and or movies, Hunger Games, The Maze Runner, uh, City of Ember, Atlas Shrugged, I have Maze Runner on here twice, goodness <laughs> sake. Uh, Mad Max. How about that for a few movies, huh? And then um, some of my favorites, more so the first one, maybe the second, uh, the Matrix movies. Those are all notable examples of how uh, stuff hit the fan and the world went to hell. And hopefully some of them, how men and womankind came back from... You could be a zombie too. Came back from the dead and survived. I think there's a lot, a lot of hidden truths in the Matrix movies, also. A lot of things oh, yet to too. be revealed. A lot of conspiracy theories in there yep. that may or may not be true. Yep. Anyways, that was the end of that segment. We're going to take another break, get some things queued up. Maybe you know, order a pizza, some wings, or something. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. I wish. I do too. Anyways, hold on to your buckets. We'll be right back. Watch out for zombies. Welcome back to our third and final segment called The Poor. We've titled this segment called Wishful Thinking. And we're going to bring it full circle and provide a little bit of hope. So, the one thing you can count on through all humanity is that somewhere, even in the darkest corners, the scariest recesses of your mind, somewhere out there, there is love, there is hope, there is peace, and... We will get through this, and those that wish to band together to form a stronger bond, a community of hope, let's make this happen. We, we can do this. People, There's too many people out there trying to make things go the opposite direction, and it's turning out to be a tug of war. And I think the sooner we just take off the gloves, reach across the aisle, give your neighbor a hug, uh, don't get too friendly there, that'd be creepy. 
Uh, also remember social distancing. Yeah, rem- <laughs> remember that part. You know, you can, you can, you know, whatever. Shake hands, sing kumbaya. But in all seriousness, the world's still going to spin whether we're here or not. So why not enjoy it? And let's just, you know, make a good life of ourselves. That's right. I think back through all of this stuff going on to the lyrics of John Lennon's song, Imagine. Imagine all the people living in peace. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I think if we all joined together and treated everyone the way we'd like to be treated, regardless of race, sex, gender, religion, creed, culture, this world would be an amazing planet full of love and light again. So let's take a minute and uh, one, take one thing at a time that you can do on a daily basis to change things. It has to start somewhere, so why not let it start with us, with you, with how you live your daily life. And you might consider, you know, make a mantra, make make things a practice. It's, we literally have a chance to go to a brand new future if we really wanted it to. So we have to find a way, as, I, as I've said before, we have to find a way to stop this and change all the hatred into love and i'm not saying you have to be best friends with everybody out there but you know what you do have to have common decency and respect and along with all that there's going to be a little bit of an education process we have to go through and learn some things to accept and it's going to be painful we're going to have to just rip off the band-aid and do it sooner or later i think it's time to start doing that it's not going to be easy but i agree it's worth it you know, and you think about, like, slavery, like Nazi Germany, World War Two. Those are some very, very horrific things. Um, the bombing of Pearl Harbor mm-hmm. from the Japanese. All of those things were very horrific. But at some point, someone said, we are to blame for that. All, all of us, every single person is to blame. Because it takes one stone thrown into the river... Or the lake or the ocean to cause a ripple and then an opposite and equal or greater reaction happens then you got full out war and you know what it's dumb that's right we are all so much more capable of doing better things like extending human life and you know curing all curable diseases and you know what if there's diseases that aren't curable figure it out we can do this I love the saying that I've seen a a lot throughout this whole thing. It says, in a world where you can be anything, be kind. So we are going to give you a little bit of homework this week. I want you to stop and really think about what you're doing in your daily basis that affects other people. Whether it be showing someone kindness, just being helpful, listening. There's all kinds of things we can do to show kindness. So what can you do today to show kindness to someone else? That is going to be your homework assignment for this week. And I believe there is a, a segment, part of a song in Living Color, where it says, Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And I'm going to stretch that a little farther. Don't ask what your neighbor can do for you, but you know what? Ask yourself, what can I go out and do for my neighbor? Because in the end, aren't you doing something for yourself also? Love thy neighbor as thyself. That's right. That's where it starts from. And sorry about the the pedestal, but seriously, we need to get our act together. That's right. 
So find a way, any way, to pay it forward if we can. To be kind, to listen, to love, to change the world. One second, one moment at a time. I say we all become the new age hippies. Amen, brother. <laughs> we, we all drive <laughs> That's bugs. right up my old soul oh. alley in the first place. If I could be a gypsy living out on the road in a camper and spreading peace, hope, and love, that's what I do for a living. No no drugs, no nope. unprotected Don't need any of sex. That, just love. Just love. Yep. Lots of hugs, handshakes. Well, maybe not handshakes. All we need is love. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> So, I was supposed to improv with some positive messages, but I think we both took care of that. Yep. Anyways, stay safe. Please be kind, be wise, be good, and get out there and explore why you can. This world is too beautiful to let go to the wayside. We've been doing so good by not screwing things up out there. Well, any more than we have. Maybe let's reverse the course. Anyways, this has been the fifth segment. Thank you for joining us. We promise to be back. Well, we'll sooner than we. <laughs> we'll be back as soon as Sadie lets me come back and play in yeah, the yard. We'll come back a little sooner uh, this time. We just got waylaid. I like doing this, and I think once Sadie gets into it, she likes doing it too. Yep. She's too pretty to not be talking. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even see my face. That literally makes no We're sense. We're going to change that though. <laughs> on, on a quick note, real quick, some things have changed. Um, we are. The Traveling Realms Media, that's our... Our parent company? Um, yeah, our umbrella. Pretty much yeah. everything underneath that. Like I said, we're both authors. we got a lot of things. Craft a Quill podcast, which is what this is. Um, Inked Fairy Press. So, sometimes you might hear some terms being thrown around. You're like, well, who's that? Well, what do they do? Now you know. Maybe we'll have a short podcast that goes through all of that and explains what we are and what each of them do. That'd be a good idea. And Exactly. Not only that, I'm trying to talk Sadie into let me recording the podcast in like a Facebook Live at the same time. We're going to have to clean ourselves up, though. <laughs> like post-quarantine? Yeah. Yeah, you know. I'll take off my chonky pounds first. Chonky pounds. <laughs> Put on chonky pants and cover. There you go. Anyways, this has been another segment of... The Crafted Quill Podcast. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. Watch out for zombies. And as always, be happy. Peace out. See you on the flip side. This has been a Traveling Realms production.